0: When God sends you, he will work miracles through you. My oh my oh my, back again. This is the LifeSpring One Year Bible, coming to you from rainy Riverside, California. In podcasting since 2004, I am your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. Of course, I'm back. This is a daily podcast and we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. It's so good to be with you today. It's Gospel Saturday and we're going to read the book of Luke chapters 9 and 10. I'm calling this episode, Feeding the 5,000. Before we read, let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, how we thank you so much for your word and I pray God that you would bless this time. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's begin. Luke chapter 9. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, Leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed, because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages in countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. Once, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met them. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsion so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside them. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest." Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him, but the people there did not welcome him, because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. THE LORD NOW CHOSE 72 OTHER DISCIPLES AND SENT THEM AHEAD IN PAIRS TO ALL THE TOWNS AND PLACES HE PLANNED TO VISIT. THESE WERE HIS INSTRUCTIONS TO THEM. THE HARVEST IS GREAT, BUT THE WORKERS ARE FEW. SO PRAY TO THE LORD WHO IS IN CHARGE OF THE HARVEST. ASK HIM TO SEND MORE WORKERS INTO HIS FIELDS. NOW GO, AND REMEMBER THAT I AM SENDING YOU OUT AS LAMBS AMONG WOLVES. DON'T TAKE ANY MONEY WITH YOU, NOR A TRAVELER'S BAG nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, May God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them, The kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. Then he said to the disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. At that same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, and he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, It pleased you to do it this way. My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father, and no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Then when they were alone, he turned to the disciples and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you many prophets and kings longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they longed to hear what you hear but they didn't hear it. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who was my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Let me reread Luke 9, verses 12 through 17 for you, okay? Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I like the New King James translation um, of verse 10, which says, And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went outside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. Okay. Jesus had sent the disciples on a ministry outing. And when they got back, they gave him a report. And Jesus wanted to take them someplace where they could get some alone time. You know that he was known to go off alone from time to time after ministering to the people, right? So I think he wanted to show the apostles the benefits of getting away. But the crowd found out where they were, so they followed them. And of course, when Jesus saw them following, he ministered to them. He taught them and he healed them. I mean, how could he do anything else? I mean, this is Jesus we're talking about. He's not going to try to ditch them or he's not going to send them away. So, when it began to get late, the apostles suggested to Jesus that he should send them away to find food and shelter, since there was nothing for such a large crowd in this deserted place. Now, (laughs) I can just imagine Jesus' reaction when they came to him with this suggestion. I'll bet he got just a hint of a mischievous smile on his face, and he probably said to himself, time for another lesson. And he said to them, you give them something to eat. And I'll bet Peter thought, no, no, I don't think Peter thought. I'll bet Peter said something like, are you out of your mind? Look at all these people. There are thousands of them. Of course, the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible only tells them this part. The apostles told Jesus that they had five loaves and two fish. And I think Jesus, with that same mischievous smile, said, so what's the problem? That's plenty. And then he had the apostles seat the crowd in groups of 50. And I'll leave it up to you to think about what reactions the apostles had to this. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus took the loaves and fishes, said a prayer of thanksgiving, blessed them, and distributed the food to his disciples to give to the crowd, and the leftovers filled twelve baskets. Now, I want to go back to Jesus' statement, you give them something to eat. So what's going on here? Jesus is in the process of teaching the apostles that he will work through them. Remember that just before this time outside of Bethsaida, Jesus had sent them on a ministry trip where they had preached and healed people without Him being there. And now this scene outside of Bethsaida in this deserted place with this huge crowd of people. So the apostles brought the five loaves and two fish to Him. We aren't told this part in Luke, but I think after Jesus offered His prayer of thanksgiving and blessing, He broke only the five loaves and two fish and handed just that amount to the disciples. And the miracle happened in their hands as they went out in faith to feed the crowd. Jesus was teaching the disciples that when God sends you, He will work miracles through you. Beloved, if you've been here very long, you've heard me say that God does not change. And that's not just me saying that. In Malachi 3.6 we read, For I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. There are many verses that confirm the fact that God is unchanging. So, since that is true, beloved, I want to repeat what I said a moment ago. When God sends you, He will work miracles through you. Now, it probably won't be feeding the multitudes with five loaves and two fish. But it could be. There are food ministries and churches all around the world that feed people, and most of these ministries operate with very little money, yet they feed many, many people. And God told a somewhat introverted, hard-working family guy from a Southern California town to proclaim his name using a nearly unknown method of communication. And today that guy has spoken to people in nearly every nation on earth about the good news. Beloved, that's a miracle. I know that guy. (laughs) that guy's me, and I would not be my first choice to do what God has done through me. Because when I'm with a group of people, I'm usually the quietest guy in the room. I'm not the life of the party kind of guy. I don't like being in the spotlight, but I do love the Lord, and I do believe every word in the Bible, and I do want to do whatever the Lord calls me to do. Beloved, when God sends you, He will work miracles through you. You just have to be willing. You just have to say, yes. Will you say yes? Have you seen the fantastic series, The Chosen? Season 3 just wrapped a couple of weeks ago, and in the final episode of the season, they showed the feeding of the 5,000. It was awesome. As I've told you before, I highly recommend you watch the entire series, but if you only watch one episode, This one would be high on my list of recommendations. You can see it through the Chosen app, iOS and Android, or you can see it on Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, Google TV, or at Angel.com. And as long as I'm talking about that, let me also say that the Jesus Revolution movie is a great one to see, and it's also now being distributed to more theaters. Sony Pictures just signed on to distribute it because it's done so well in the first couple of weeks, more than doubling expectations. So if you didn't have a theater near you that was showing it, check again. Go watch it. And I've heard many reports that people are actually coming to the Lord as a result of watching Jesus Revolution. So when you go, take a friend that has not yet met Jesus. It's a great tool to start that conversation. Today's associate producers are Anonymous with their weekly Row of Ducks donation of $22.22 and Michael Hayner with his weekly $7.77 Striper donation. Thank you so much, you two, and God bless you. I so appreciate your consistent support of the show. Beloved, if the show is a blessing to you, if it has value, if it's added something good to your life, please consider donating to help keep it going. Find out more here. Lifespringmedia.com slash support. All thank you, and I believe that God will bless you. New mail notification. I got this note a couple of days ago with a 133,333 sat boost. Wow! The note said... Greetings from Steve Dew, a.k.a. Sir Fahrenheit, the Cognitive Dissident, Baron of the Baritone Saxophone in, not that California, California, PA. Here is the long-overdue support, thanking you for being there, not only every day, but especially during my church's week-long overflow conference of fasting and prayer in January when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As a trucker, this podcast allowed me to stay much more in the word all that week while fasting, and it also went a long way to getting me caught up on Season 13. I've stayed caught up since then, for the most part. (laughs) I get that. I also thank you for stepping on our toes with your discussion on tithing. You made great points with that commentary, and you touched on very similar things I, too, had to struggle with. The Lord sold me on tithing some months before through the good people at Central Assembly of God in Houston, Pennsylvania—there's another one, Houston, Pennsylvania, who knew—after considerable hesitancy by me. Yeah, I get that. God is indeed faithful, and I can give direct testimony that He will prosper and not punish obedience. Hallelujah! Thanks for your help guiding us all on this journey of walking with christ with reading the word and also with your insightful commentary. Well thank you Steve. And he continues. And speaking of commentary, I am absolutely geeked out about the new essential segment. I'm a new believer having only come to Jesus April 10th last year, getting baptized on appropriately 52222, the day I truly got my ducks in a row so my knowledge is still catching up and this is an area where I need growth if I am to invite other members of my family into the kingdom of God or to entice them into a closer relationship with Him. I'm so excited to be a part of this, the greatest story ever told. Everybody rejoice in the Lord. God bless you, Steve, and the whole team. By the way, that's a fine name and I think you should stick with it. Signed, Steve. (laughs) Well, thank you, Steve. And by the way, this 133,333 sat boost was the biggest one that's ever come into the show. And as a matter of fact, Steve sent it using the Fountain app, which actually caused a problem. Not the Fountain app, but some other technical things. Uh, the boost didn't make it to me, and after several attempts working with Steve to try to get it to work, uh, without success, by the way, I reached out to Oscar who who is the developer of the Fountain app. And Oscar replied with this. Hey, Steve. Oh, sorry about this. It's most likely a routing issue, which can sometimes be caused by not having a direct channel. I will open one to your node. I just want to do some testing, but I should have it open by the end of the day and will follow up to confirm. Apologies again for the bad experience. And he signed, thanks, Oscar. Oscar really is a good guy, uh, so I expect this will be fixed very soon. But anyway, back to Steve's note. Thanks so much, Steve. I'm so glad to hear of your story. And praise the Lord that the LifeSpring One-Year Bible has been such a blessing to you, brother. God bless you. And also, I want to mention that I had the pleasure of meeting up with Brother Sean of San Pedro. His wife, Sister Brittany, and their cute-as-a-button baby, Little Howie, this morning. They passed through Riverside on their way to Phoenix to see her parents, Brother Howie and Sister Anne. We met at a local coffee shop and had a great time of conversation, most of which was with little Howie on my lap. I'm a grandpa, I love to hold babies, and little Howie is such a happy little guy. If you'd like to see a picture, I'll have it on the show notes page for this episode at LifespringMedia.com S13E61. Thanks guys for the coffee and introducing me to little Howie. <laughs> Beloved, remember that our next time of prayer together here on the show will be tomorrow. If you've got a praise that will really encourage the family, let me know. Or if there's something you'd like us to pray for you about, let me know about that too. Call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven, or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. If you want to remain anonymous, that's absolutely fine. Just let me know. Thanks to Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Jason Pascoe, and Sister Brittany, and of course, thanks to today's artist, Scott Snyder. God bless you guys. And also thanks to today's associate producers, Anonymous and Michael Hainer, for helping to make this episode possible. And now, until tomorrow, thank you for inviting me into your day. May God truly bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. See you tomorrow. Bye. Chapters, transcripts, images, links, stream micropayments to the podcast. And send Satoshis in real time over the Lightning Network using a compatible podcasting 2.0 app. Just go to newpodcastapps.com. That's newpodcastapps.com. And for more info, go to podcastindex.org. Boost! Boost. 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 Boost represents the future of podcasting.